Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the program this week, we look at the All Blacks week in Argentina leading up to the test against the Pumas. We check in with Irene van Dyke, who's announced her international swan song, and catch up on New Zealand's latest successes in sailing. I talk to Stacey Jones about the Junior Warriors' chances in this week's preliminary final, and check out the newest piece of technology in New Sid Auckland Cricket's headquarters. The All Blacks week in Argentina got off to a rocky start before they'd even left Auckland, with the first 5-8 Aaron Cruden missing the team's flight after a night out drinking. It all began when several All Blacks went out for dinner at an Auckland pub after their flight to Buenos Aires was delayed from Saturday afternoon to Sunday morning. But Cruden was the only player who failed to show up for the flight. He will now be put through misconduct proceedings and has been left behind for the tests against Argentina and South Africa. The coach, Steve Hansen, says it comes as a big surprise. It's certainly uh, out of character for him and uh, he's extremely disappointed and as are we. It's not what we stand for and and it's not what he stands for. But I guess we all make mistakes and like our children, we we, we love our children but sometimes we don't like their behaviour. You know, the team's well aware that when we don't get it right, there's a consequence, and yeah, he, he's paid the price for that. The New Zealand Rugby Chief Executive Steve Chu says the 25-year-old's let himself down, but doesn't think it highlights any deeper problems around alcohol in the All Blacks. Clearly this is disappointing, and you can't hide from the fact that it's not a good look. Simple as that. But you know, our guys set very high standards within the team. We don't enforce rules as such. Um, we believe we've got mature human beings who have to make their own decisions. So I don't think it's symptomatic of a, of a major issue, but clearly it's an incident that will need some further thought. But Cruden's slip-up may have a positive spin-off for his provincial side Manawatu, who are hopeful the 35-test All Black will turn out for them in the ITM Cup. The Manawatu Rugby Union's chief executive, John Knowles, says Cruden running out for the Turbos would be a big financial boost. Particularly commercially-wise, you know, to... Uh, he'll bring big crowds to Manawatu if we get a game when we play Hawks Bay in a fortnight's time. He would be pretty important for crowd pulling and also for the team's performance. So, uh, you know, we'd be keen to have him there. Despite the absence of Cruden and Ma'anonu, the All Blacks have been able to name a strong squad with Bowden Barrett and Malachi Fikitua named to start in their places, while Jerome Kano and Sam Whitelock return from injury. The captain, Richie McCaw, will reach another major milestone when he leads the side, equalling Sir Colin Meads' record for total games played, with his 133rd appearance in the black jersey. Meads played 55 tests and 78 other matches for the All Blacks between 1957 and 1971. I spoke to him about his record being equalled. Not necessarily surprised, but he's such a great man that... You know, he's going to go on for another couple of years yet, so he's going to submit a, you know, submit a tremendous target for anyone else to follow. But, uh, you know, no, it's great. 
Yeah, his his record could take another 43 years to break, do you think? <laughs> Probably longer. <laughs> How do you rate McCaw's legacy up there with, with the great All Blacks? Oh, he has to be one of the greatest that's ever played the game, you know, for New Zealand. And uh, truly just a tremendous footballer, a great captain. Uh, you know, it's it's like everyone. He's grown into everything he's been given and he's just got better as time went on. Probably a pretty fitting person if someone had to break your record that it was him? Oh, couldn't have been anyone better, could it? You know, he's just, uh, you know, he's captain of the All Blacks. He's done a great job there. He's, uh, everything he's done has been marvellous. And from what you're saying, it sounds like you still think he's got plenty to offer. I know lots of people like to write him off and say he's a spent force and the rest, but, but you don't agree? No, certainly not. He's still playing terribly well, I think, and uh, he's, uh, you know, a, a top player. And uh, like I've heard, not from him, but I've heard that he's aiming at getting 150 first class, you know, test matches and that sort of thing. So it's he's going to go for another couple of years yet, isn't he? How have you rated the All Blacks so far this season, and how are you picking them to go this weekend? Oh, they'll go all right. Too. You know, RG's a good side. They're getting better all the time, but they're still not quite good enough for, you know, to, to beat the All Blacks, even though it's on their patch at home. But uh, no, no, we'll, we'll come through it all right. They've had a few hiccups, as they tell us, but uh, those things are sent to try you. And, uh, you know, I they just get on and play rugby. They'll be okay. Yeah, do you think this All Black side's pretty well equipped to sort of block out any distractions and and just do the job? Oh hell, there's none better, is there? You know, they just uh, they just keep on rolling. You know, and they put obstacles in front of them and they keep knocking them over, don't they? So uh, I just think they're tremendous. One other sort of, um, I guess, trait of this All Black side has been their ability to sort of get out of trouble or. Get, just somehow find a way to win in those tight games. Is that something that you've noticed? Oh, they've had a couple of tight games uh, this year, but, uh, you know, they get out of it and uh, they play for the whole 80 minutes. They, they don't never give up. And, uh, no, they, oh, I just think they're in great nick and they're getting plenty of backup players, and you know, in behind them and playing terribly well, I reckon. Yeah, do you think perhaps... On the backup players, this thing that's happened with um, Aaron Cruden this week, giving Bowden Barrett a chance might actually be a be a blessing in the long run, g- giving uh, Bowden more opportunities. Oh well, you know Bowden's been in there. He's been he's played a couple of started and a couple of tests already, so it's, it's nothing new to him. And uh, you know he's he'll be able to probably help to shake off the tag that he's just a. You know, a utility player, and uh, you know he comes in behind the other two. You know, great first five eights that we have. So, good opportunity for him, but uh, sad for Cruden. And just going back to the McCaw thing, do you think, uh, um, to playing a lot of games, you've actually done it in probably a similar similar number of years? Do you think it was harder in your day, or do you think McCaw's had it tougher? The maybe there's a bit more competition. Oh, he's got two or three couple of years to go to catch up to how long I played. But uh, now they just play test matches. A lot of our games, you know, the big percentage of our games were against provincial sides throughout the world. And, uh, you know, we used to have the major long tours and those sort of things. So it is completely different now. But uh, he's just, uh, 
he's just a machine. That's all he is, and he's, he just keeps on going. Yeah, and hopefully he'll, he'll keep going for where he's not done yet. <laughs> no, no, he's not done yet. He's, he's got a lot of... Because he's a fitness guy and he keeps himself in pretty good order. And uh, no, he'll carry on for a couple of years yet. Meanwhile, the Pumas are buoyant about their chances of capturing their first rugby championship win. Our correspondent, Frederico Coronado, spoke to the Argentine prop, Marcos Sayurza, who says the All Blacks can expect a hostile reception in La Plata. Yeah, the stadium, it's amazing to play any game, but uh, one to play a, ga- a game of this magnitude against the All Blacks, it's, it's the perfect scenario for us. Home crowd, loud crowd, maybe a bit hostile. Uh, yeah, I think it would be a great occasion for, for us uh, and hopefully it will be a historic day for us. Uh, you know what happened with Aaron Cruden? Yes, yeah, I know he couldn't travel um, because some... Uh, because whatever happened, but how, how, how did that impact the Pumas? Or were you shocked to hear what happened? Uh, I, I think that we, we know the quality that is... Um, in the All Black squad and, and team and, and as, as a rugby nation and so if Aaron Crude is not there uh, somebody who will, will, will jump in and will be as good as uh, so uh, we know the, the challenge ahead of us and it's most of the time it doesn't matter the names but the players and the, and the country and the nation and the, and the team the All Blacks are the All Blacks and that's why it's been so consistent throughout this, the, dec- the decades and the, and the years so yeah pretty much it will be a historic moment for us and a, a great day of rugby hopefully uh, uh, to enjoy I sense uh, a, ver- a great amount of confidence among the Pumas would you agree? No, I, I don't know if confidence is the word. I think we we know what we are capable of doing, but we know we have to be at our best to be to match the All Blacks and to, to have a, a, a good contest. And to have any option or any possibility of winning, we need to be at our best. So we have huge respect for the All Blacks, and we know that we we know our strengths, and we know we have to play the perfect game to be able to to compete and and to dream of winning. Uh, Ian Foster, uh, the All Blacks assistant coach, said the Pumas, one of the Pumas' strengths are set pieces. Would you agree? Oh, massively. We pride ourselves from the uh, tight game, from the set pieces, from the scrum, from the driving malls, and from the forward pack, the clean-outs, the breakdown. And, yeah, I think any game starts from there. The psychological battle there is, is huge for us. So we know the Oblast will come firing to play the scrum and to play the set pieces very very well against us. And, uh, yeah, we they did it in Napier by times. They were very, very good at it. So we know we have to, to really um, up our game and really come with a kind of be stronger because it will be an area of huge contest and a huge pressure and and I think will be very decisive for the for the outcome of the game. So do you think it can finally happen that the Pumas can win? Oh massively. I think we, we are confident we can do it. We know that we have to have the perfect game to do it, but yeah, we we hope and we dream of, of that victory, that first historic victory that, that hopefully will come on Saturday. How can it be that uh, Argentina hasn't won and uh, the All Blacks haven't lost and uh, they both feel the same urge to win? Yeah, I think any game is 80 minutes and it, both teams comes 
from different relatives, different mindsets, different everything. But I think we we have shown we we hopefully deserve to be in this tournament. We are competitive enough, and we yeah, it will be 80 minutes. I know the All Blacks have a, a great record, and, and we have a very not very good record. We haven't uh, beat them uh, never in the history. So. That would be a huge challenge. That would be a, a, a huge um, thing to look forward to, and yeah, I think we we look forward to to have that that day to come someday, and hopefully, we'll be there this weekend. That's Federico Coronado speaking to Marcos Ayuza. The veteran netball shooter Irene Van Dyke is making a comeback for New Zealand, but it's only a one-off. Van Dyke will play for the Fast Five Ferns in November's Five-A-Side Netball Tournament in Auckland in what's set to be her final international appearance. The 42-year-old retired from the Silver Ferns before the Commonwealth Games in July and she told Richard Wayne she can't wait to play. I am super excited about it. Why ask me if I was available for a Fast Five selection and without even thinking about it I said yes, it would be absolutely amazing. So... Um, yes, I make the cut, so I'm quite happy about it. Uh, I mean, everybody was amazed that you retired, frankly, and look, and look what happened in Glasgow. Um, what, I mean, surely this is only right that you're back in the black dress. <laughs> it's not quite the black dress. It's not the traditional game, but um, I think it is. it would be amazing, you know, and it's the last time that Fast Five is in New Zealand as well, so... Um, I think it, 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 it will just be amazing to finish off my career in front of a home crowd and um, enjoying the shorter version of the game. Well, it is a chance to say goodbye to the fans, isn't it? And it's bound to boost um, ticket sales. I imagine, I think they sell out pretty much anyway, but there'll be even more of a scramble for tickets now that you're playing. Yes, um, they've just released a few more tickets today, so um, hopefully the people will snap them up, but ticket sales are looking really good. Well, it is a chance to say goodbye from the fans, isn't it? Even though they'll be hoping that, in fact, this is perhaps the start of a new beginning. Was that part of the thoughts for you to, behind saying, yes, I'll, I'll play? No, definitely not. No, this is this is definitely my swan song, and it will be the last time playing for New Zealand um, in the shorter version of the game. And I've retired from international netball, so no, I will definitely not rethink that. I think it is really important for our younger players who, who've just been selected and who had the opportunity to go to Com Games um, to draw on that experience and take it forward to next year's World Champ. Of course, there's been a bit of an injury crisis since you know your retirement. Uh, there seems to be at least a bench spot available for someone who can put the ball in the hoop like, <laughs> you, like you can, Irene. <laughs> Yes, I know, but no, I think, um, you know, the young ones that Roy has selected, Bailey Mees has been around the block a few times, um, not necessarily playing, but she she has got a bit of experience and she's been around Catherine and uh, Maria for a very long time, so she she will definitely be ready to fire. And as, I, um, as I've heard along the grapevines is that she had a blinder at trial, so um, really looking forward to seeing her play. And I think... Jodie has showed um, at Com Games that she has stepped up to a whole new level and she has been carrying a huge load and she's done a great job with it. And I suppose with, um, obviously, Latu and Tutayas to come back from injury as well, you, you feel the shooting stocks are, are more than adequate to, uh, to cover your retirement? Oh, yes. I have no doubt about it. I think um, 
why selection is really clever. Um, she still has Alan Halpenny on the side as well. So, um, yes, I definitely think they'll be. They just need to start to build the links, and you know, the only way to do that is actually spending time under pressure together. So, um, no better way than playing Aussie and England later in October. Can I just ask you about the circumstances of your retirement? Um, like, was that was that completely you, or did you sort of get some indication that maybe you weren't going to be selected? No, no, it was it was me. I I haven't had a great season this year, and um, didn't play to the best of my ability. And I just thought by withdrawing just before Com Games that that would give. You know, the younger players that has played better than me this year, the perfect opportunity to um, show what they've got and gain the experience at Com Games and especially the next um, tests that's coming up against England as well, that um, they can just grow and um, be ready for next year. Next year is a massive year. It's, it's um, world champs and we really want to get the gold medal. And just finally, will you be practicing your long bombs, sharpening up that? Uh, was it? Is it three point shooting? I think. Yes, yes, the ones outside the circle. I am gonna practice every day. Trust me. And somewhere along the line, it's gonna go in. I know it. Uh, didn't you knock home at least one crucial long shot last time? <laughs> yes, yes, but dare I say it was all luck. <laughs> Richard Wayne speaking with Irene Van Dyke. A gold, a silver and all ten classes qualified for the Olympics. Yachting New Zealand's team manager Jez Fanstone couldn't have asked for too much more from the World Championships in Spain. The defending 49er champions Peter Burling and Blair Chook secured another gold medal, while Joa Lay and Polly Powery finished second as defending champions in their 470 class. Jess Vanstone told Barry Guy it was an impressive performance from the men in the 49er. Yeah, very impressive. Um, they're the they're the gain speed at the moment in that fleet. They've um, you know had a had a, had a great um, set of regattas since the Olympics. They've been unbeaten, and here they um, you know, they put on a bit of a masterclass today to win um, by comfortable margin. What is it about them? You know, teamwork, or what? What's making the difference for them? Oh, it, it's everything. You know, they they work really hard in that four years leading into London. They came, you know, they were they were starting off in the class, and, and they used every avenue of expertise they could get their hands on to accelerate their learning. And um, you know, they they just carried on with that, and they've branched out. They've done some other sailing, as you, you know, with Team New Zealand, and then with their Maldi Hulls over last summer and Pete and his moth. So they're gaining lots of experiences from different avenues and and um, they're still putting in the long hours training in the 49er. So their boat handling is impeccable. Their communication skills between each other is getting better and better. And, um, you know, they, they just, at the moment, they got the package right. And uh, the 470 women, uh, Joe and Olivia, uh just missed out there, but uh, they're obviously uh, going pretty well. Yeah, another solid result by those two. Um, <clears throat> I know they'll be disappointed not to have defended their title. Came down to one race, and that's what you know. Yacht racing is at the highest level at the Olympics. You want to go into the final day with the opportunity to win a medal and ideally a gold. They put themselves in that in that position, and it didn't come off. But 
like Peter and Blair, they put an awesome amount of work in and they're great role models for the rest of the team. And I think the rest of the team feeds off their success and their hard work and, and learns from them. Uh, and the rest of the team, I see you've had a number of uh, top 10 finishes. So overall, are you mm. uh, happy? Yeah, delighted. We we came here with the goal to qualify the country in as many classes as we could for the Olympics in 2016. And we've come away qualifying in every class. Only two other teams have managed that. And that's the British team and the French team, two both very big, strong teams. So I'm delighted with that. That was our goal for this year coming here. We've achieved that. And there's been some outstanding results by some people who, you know, are new to their classes or, or, or you know, some young you know, young up-and-comers like Gemma steering the knacker with Jason. They uh, finished the, the regatta in fifth um, against a highly experienced fleet. And then you look at the Finns with JJ, uh, Josh Jr. finishing fifth, and Andrew finishing sixth. You know, two New Zealanders in the top six in in that fleet, and they've only been in the boat, well, less than two years, those two. So, you know, some great results. Um, <clears throat> some other results, which... People will be disappointed with, you know. They um, they came here with high expectations. They're young, uh, as I said before. We've got great role models to look up to, and the, the key for these guys is to um, you know, work through it all and uh, and put a plan together and and and, and chip away and tick, tick as many boxes as they can leading into Rio. And so, what what will the program be? You know, you were you were at Rio. Obviously, you know what the conditions are like there. I mean. Do you just try and go back to there, or what do you do now? Uh, well, the, you know, a big event next year will be the test event in, in Rio on the on the waters of the Olympics. We'll only be able to take one person in each division, in each you know, discipline to that. And um, it's a full dress rehearsal for the Olympics. So that will be a really important regatta for us. We've still got the World Championships for each individual classes next year, and then they go back to a format where they're, they're in different places in the world at different times of the year. So we've got some, the uh, the Finn Gold Cup, for, in, for example, which is the Olympic um, heavyweight single-hander. Uh, their World Championship, the Gold Cup, will be held in Takapuna in November. So that's going to be a great opportunity for New Zealand to put on a world-class regatta in a class which has given us some great medalists in the past, Russell Coots, um, John Cutler and Fred Monk. Oh, sorry. Craig Monk have all come, um, all medalists in that class. So, um, so that's what the year looks like. And, um, and then obviously, less than two years' time, we'll be back in Rio. The Warriors' season is already long gone, but their under-20 counterparts are still battling away and causing upsets in the National Rugby League's National Youth Competition. They meet the Parramatta Eels for a place in the grand final in Sydney tomorrow night. It's their fourth game in Australia in as many weeks, and the coach Stacey Jones admits it's added an extra degree of difficulty. It's pretty tough, um, you know, considering the boys still got to go to school or work and whatnot, so... Uh, the biggest thing we, we've used it is that we, we use the travel time as, as, as enjoying each other's company, keeping it a tight-knit group and and all that. So so when we go away, it's not like we're it's a chore and, and all that. We try and, try and keep it uh, keep it as, as much fun as we can. And uh, just looking at the Eels, uh, what do you sort of make of them? Obviously, you uh, didn't beat them during the, during the season, but uh, lost the close one most recently. Yeah, we uh, played them first round 
in, in Parramatta and got got hammered. Um, they put 50 points on us, so that was was pretty disappointing. And then, and for us, uh, first game of the season, and then we uh, they beat us on on the hooter here at home. So uh, it's a different ball game now. You know, this is do or die for both teams. Um, you know, we've uh, we've beaten the, the minor premiers last week. We beat a, a very good Roosters team. So the good thing is we know that we can um, we can compete with these teams. And and you know, if we if we bring out our best game. Um, yeah, will be tough to beat. You must be pleased with the defensive effort, especially last weekend. Yeah, that, that has been our focus. We have worked really hard um, on our on our defensive structures in the last few weeks. You know, our, my assistant Kevin Wright, um, um, he's he's taken over a lot of our defensive structures, and and, and we work closely with. Um, with our NRL, our coaches, with what we need to do, but but that has been a big big thing for us, you know. Just our marker play, our kick chase has, has been a huge mindset we've, we're trying to get right, and and if we can defend well, um, again, um, Parramatta will ha- will have to play play really well to beat us. Coming from eight and being now the only team from outside the top four left in it. Is the is the team sort of enjoying their underdog status? Maybe not as much pressure on them, and they can just go and play their game. Um, yes and no. Uh, you know, I guess if you if you spoke to the boys and 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 said, do you like the underdog status? I don't think they look at it like that. I think they look at it that they're going into each game that, that they can win, and I certainly take that focus too. You know, we yes, we could sneak into the eight with a bit of luck, uh, but we also had a we had a huge amount of bad luck. Um, in the season, losing six games by four points or less, and and we should have won a couple of them to to secure our spot in the eight. But oh, look, if you spoke, yeah, like I said, if you spoke to our boys um, in these games, and they feel that they're going into this game and, and knowing that they can can play well and and, and win. And just looking um, more generally, I guess at some of the some of the players in this team, there's a there's a couple that we've already seen in first grade. When you look at uh, Lola Hare and uh, guys like that, but are there anyone that stands out as um, big prospects for the NRL in the next couple of years from your experience coaching them so far? Oh, there, there certainly are a few boys, and, and it's all you know. It's always difficult to to single out some players, but, but for, who has been really good for us this year is. Is our captain Sam Lasorne and and Mason Lino, um, our co-captains. They've, they've really led the team well. Um, Sam is joining our our you know our squad next year, um, and if he has a really good preseason, he'll um, uh, he'll play um, some first grade footy. And Mason is um, is heading off to France for a stint there. And look, I I have no doubt that if he if he knuckles down and and gets a bit of luck, he he could also play. Um, you know, at the highest level, uh, whether it be for the Warriors or for another club. So, yeah, those two have sort of certainly led our team well. And for you personally, how have you found the year so far in terms of the experience of uh, being a head coach and leading this team? Oh, look, oh, it's been a it's been a really good experience. You know, it certainly had its moments of of difficult times, um, frustrating times, but then. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of enjoyment um, with these young men, and and at the moment, yeah, we're enjoying it. So we know that the challenge that that's in front of us, and um, I certainly know the challenge of, of what it's like to try and get the boys up for a game. And 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 there's only now my job is, is is just that. There's not much more I can do as far as as 
uh, what they should and shouldn't be doing. It's just a matter of making sure that they're, they're mentally ready to go. And finally, Auckland Cricket's using state-of-the-art technology as it looks to get an advantage when it comes to developing young talent. It's unveiled a new $80,000 bowling simulator, one of only eight in the world, and the first of its kind in New Zealand. I went along to Eden Park to test the new equipment. Oh, yes. So what this is like your average club cricketer that I'm facing now. Out. It only took a mild 120 kilometre per hour inswinger to remove my stumps, but it's hoped the new video simulator will allow more young Auckland cricketers to stay at the crease longer. The equipment was designed by an American company which specialises in baseball, but has created cricket simulators which are in use in England, Australia and Dubai. It allows batters to face deliveries as fast as 160 kilometres per hour from a real bowler projected on a screen at the other end of the nets. The project's coordinator, Hammond Kasanji, recorded a number of Auckland's top men and women bowlers, from international stars to up-and-coming teenagers, to create a library of bowlers. He told me, with the machine whirring away behind him, this gives players a more realistic feel to their indoor training sessions. Well, we set the camera up around the 30 metre circle and we just have bowlers basically running in, um, bowling their action. We had a speed gun, so recorded pace and then spoke to the bowler about the delivery. Captured that information, designed our database to ensure that what was filmed matched what we then can enter on here. So every, every time we bring up a file, that file replicates that particular type of delivery. With a full database, the operator can adjust every variable on each delivery to change the speed, line, length and swing to test players in a game-like setting. I'm just going to adjust that bounce board, the bounce point adjustment, just so it goes a little bit closer. Yeah, they picked up the bat in a while. The new technology hasn't come cheap, with Auckland Cricket spending $80,000 for the design and installation of the equipment, but the Chief Executive Mark Cameron is hopeful they'll reap the rewards on the pitch in years to come. We'll look to generate a little bit of commercial return for us, uh, but really it is, it's about developing that next generation of cricketers. You can imagine for a young fella trying to do two or three hours in the nets, um, he's going to have to talk about five or six mates into bowling at him for that near period of time, whereas with this machine he can pretty much set it up himself, and set up a range of bowlers, and he can get a good two or three hour session out of it, um, which I think is, is just a great development tool. The ProBatter technology at Auckland Cricket will be made available to age grade players, as well as high school and club sides. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz while you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves and we'll be back with the next Web Only Extra Time next week. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.